Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a seat in his presence. Let this anointing impart to us everything he wants to speak to us. Worship team, thank you so much. It's time to move on. That's a prophetic word for somebody tonight. It's time to move on. When I was 18 years old, I graduated high school. Unsaved, living hard and fast in Southern California, Los Angeles. In the late 60s and the early 70s. So by the time I was 18, I think I had five friends that had overdosed on heroin. Probably another three or four that were found in different dumpsters and different situations who were killed for not paying their bills with their drugs. And so when we graduated high school, my friend Bruce, who will be here sometime to share his, he can't wait to come. He got saved the same time I did. I mean, we got saved within a couple of years of each other, married around the same time, have one daughter each, and our lives have paralleled since first grade. And it's a real gift from the Lord because he's saved. If you remember, we prayed for him last year. He fell off his roof and almost died. And he is perfectly healthy, has a driver's license, and God has healed him. But he and I decided that at 18, we were going to get in my truck with a camper shell in the back and travel all around, do a big circle around the United States and see what's out there. And we were very mature for 18, growing up the way we did. So anyway, we got in the car and we did it. And we made it back alive. But when I came home, I realized that it was time to move on. And it's amazing to me because so many people travel to the very city I was raised in to find their careers. I mean, Los Angeles is full of people. You see them in the restaurants, waiting tables, and everybody comes there because they want to be a star. When you're raised there, you don't think like that. There were child stars that went to my high school and I grew up with, and I didn't want anything to do with their lifestyle and the way they were living. And it was just part of the neighborhood and part of the culture. But I knew I had to move on. And it was strange because I was 19 years old and I was going to leave and move to Lake Tahoe. And my whole motivation for this was well, I'd like to improve my snow skiing. It was a high goal. <laughs> but you got to start somewhere. But my biggest thing was, is I've got to get out of the part of the city that I'm in with the friends that I have, because if I don't get out, I'm going to end up like them. So I had to move on. 
And it's scary at 19 years old to load up your car and move to Lake Tahoe. And, and it was amazing. There was so much grace on it. The first day I got there, I found a beautiful, uh, uh, like apartment to rent inside this house. And I, I got a job the next day. And the week after that, I was a houseman waiting on Frank Sinatra. Literally. But the biggest thing that happened when I was there is one day when I was driving the employee bus from the back of the casino to the parking lot, I looked out over my, over to my right and I saw this beautiful strawberry blonde hair. Now, I don't want to say it was love at first sight. It was more like lust at first sight. At least I'm honest because see, I didn't get saved till I was late, so I don't have to. But, of course, I drove up and tried to talk to her, and she ignored me. Then I asked her out about another 15 times, and she said no. But I am a persistent person. And obviously, you know the end of the story. But my point is, if I wouldn't have moved on, there would be no Megan. There'd probably be no House of David. Not as we know it. That decision that took tremendous courage to move on. I had no support from my family. I had no support from my friends. All my friends, I was very popular. All my friends loved me. They said, what are you doing? Why why are you doing this? But something inside me said there's got to be more than where I was growing up. And some of you are going to have to move on with some things because what you are putting your time, task, and activities and your, your attention to is keeping you in the wrong focus to see what the next door is for your life. This doesn't mean you have to move. I'm just sharing with you that was a major thing for me. I'm going through a major shift right now in my life with this because I realize that a lot of the things that I'm connected to will not allow me to be able to answer the call at the level that the Lord wants me to answer the call. You know, it's no different than we've got ranchers and farmers here. If you're going to buy more land, then you have to have bigger equipment. It's just how it goes because you cannot timetable wise, you cannot harvest the land in the window that you have. When you have a lot of land, you have to have bigger equipment to be able to hit that time window. I've kind of been in the farming business for 18 years, being in relationship with the Osballs. But we consult with each other. So when he says, should we buy these acres? You have to understand it's not just, oh, let's buy this land. It's no, what's it going to take to harvest that land so the you've got numbers that increased workers and equipment and land and where does it all shake out? It's harvest time. 
in the spirit and it's time to move on. And one of the biggest challenges that we face in the body, and this is where I see, and this is my personal observation, this is not thus saith the Lord, so I'll step away from the bema. This is thus saith Kurt, not even thus saith the rabbi. It's like the entire church world is totally asleep that God is preparing the nation of Israel and the Jewish people for revival. And there's signs everywhere. You would have thought moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem would have been a sign. But it didn't wake anybody up. For me personally, doing this for all these years, there's never been a more stronger prophetic sign to me to wake up than on the 70th anniversary of the, of the state of Israel that the embassy got moved. I mean, that is absolutely, you can't make this stuff up. So just because the rest of the body doesn't get it doesn't mean that House of David and Kurt Landry Ministries, my olive tree doesn't mean that we wait until they get it. We can't wait until they get it. What happens if they never get it? And then we've wasted all this time waiting on something, not answering our call. We have the relationships. We have the resources. We have the messages we have the we have everything necessary to fulfill the great commission with israel so why would we wait we have to move on see the challenge with moving on to answer your call because i'm going to personalize it now to you the challenge is just like when i was 19 my mother didn't want me to go My father didn't want me to go. My siblings didn't want me. No one wanted me to go because I was a part of the community. And in my little neighborhood that we grew up in, in this time in Los Angeles, almost everybody was born in the houses we were in. And I lived in the same house for 18 years. The lady across the street helped raise me. To this day, I can go to her house and knock on the door and she's 90 something years old. And with that same voice, only a little older, Curtis, can you come back later? I'm doing my hair. No one wanted me to leave the comfort. And what it was doing was it was putting fear in my friends that I was leaving, what does he know that I don't know? What if he goes and succeeds? Because I had a lot of them saying, oh, you'll be back in three months. You won't get a job. First year I was there, I made $28,000. You know, I wasn't saved and most of that was cash and I recorded all of it and paid taxes on it. And the Lord always blessed me. It's emotional to move on. 
because now all of a sudden I'm interacting with all these people that don't know me from the neighborhood, the good and the bad. I had protection in my neighborhood. We weren't a gang or anything, but we all stood together. And if you messed with one of us, then you got the whole neighborhood. That's how it is in the city. Now I'm by myself. You may not move locations and you may not move careers, but spiritually, when you move on, the same exact thing happens to you with the people sitting all around you in these chairs. When you make a a decision to get full of the Holy Spirit on fire, start operating in gifts, becoming bold with street ministry, there are some people that they liked you better when you were a little bit more calm. I'm going to protect because I know the person's watching the live stream, but on my way home from Friday night, I put my hand out the window and prayed for somebody and they got totally wrecked right there as a drive by. I'm serious, but I decided a long time ago that I was a weirdo and I didn't care. But some of you are just getting weird right now. You're stepping out. And and this is your window to step out. There's grace to step out for destiny because God is looking for apostolic disciples who will do what he asks them to do no matter how it looks. So you're going to have to move on from the cool club. Most people will not embrace a radical on fire walk with the Lord because of what other people think. I think that's the largest killer of Holy spirit fire is fear of man. And that's why it's important that you fellowship and hang out with other people who are on fire so that you can have a soulish not just spiritual, but a place where your soul can be comforted to remind you you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You're on fire for God. To be honest with you, I think the people who waste their lives not embracing all that God has, I think they're crazy. I'm going to just say this, and I didn't plan on saying it, but I just want to say this is that I understand in my mind that everything I learn in this short period of time of my life is preparing me for my job when I rule and reign for a thousand years in the new Jerusalem. And you'll still be learning and growing when you're in heaven. It doesn't stop. I don't want to get into the new Jerusalem and be in the goo goo gaga section. Well, you didn't learn anything. You have no authority. You mean I did it through all this life and suffered all this and didn't learn anything about character, integrity, power of God's word, power of God's love going into the courts of heaven. You know, all the people that you're trying to keep happy with not moving on. Don't think about you as much as you think about them. And there's a lot of pressure on you right now because you're in a short window of time. And I mean, very short that the decisions you make, remember that word about 40 days, we're, we're coming up on that. That's we're here. We're just a couple of weeks out. 
that the decisions that you make are going to determine your next 10 year season of time. So there's things that you have to do to move on. You need to move on in the way you think you need to move on in the way you act. You need to move on in the way you manage your time. You need to move on with the people you spend time with. Don't let your yesterday use up too much of today. You need to consciously come in agreement with yourself and say, bless the Lord, O my soul. I will not focus on things that I cannot change. You need to cut it off. You need to drop it. Sometimes God closes doors because it's time to move forward. He knows you won't move unless your circumstances force you. The reason we released wisdom and favor is so that you would go through the door of your free will versus circumstantially. I've gone through both ways. I would rather go through a free will standing upright. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last ones. You have to move on. You have to move on in your conversation. You have to move on in your thoughts. You have to move on in your heart and say, I have a glorious future. And if I don't start moving toward it and leave the hurts and the disappointments of the past, I can't have both. Job chapter 17, verse nine. Yet the righteous will hold to his way and he who has clean hands will be stronger and stronger. It is not wrong. It is not legalistic. And it's not foolish. It is wisdom to live a repentive lifestyle. All that means is when you fail or, or fall in your words or your mind, that you immediately for real with godly sorrow, repent to the Lord, knowing that he saw exactly what you just thought, said, or had done. The blood of Jesus is there. Instead of trying to sweep it under the carpet and not to deal with it, you need to have a, perf- uh, a, re- a repentive lifestyle. L- repentive lifestyle makes, gives you liberty. You can tell when you're not in a repentive lifestyle because non-repentive lifestyles are rooted in pride, not fear. And you could say to me, well, how do I know if I'm that? Well, if you break something, lose something of somebody else's, and you have difficulty saying something to them immediately, you have the issue. I lost your stuff. I broke your stuff. Especially when you have no way of repaying for it. If it's something expensive. But everyone in this room is going to break somebody's stuff and lose somebody's stuff that doesn't belong to them. Like the axe head. And if you'll repent of it and take ownership, the axe head will float to the water and it will be found. 
But if in shame and in pride you bury it, it will always be used in the court of heaven as an accusation against you. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It is my prayer for all of us tonight. My prayer is that in Yeshua's name, may the upward call of God in our lives be our focus in Yeshua's name. Would you say amen? Would that upward call be more of a desire and more of a focus than fame, money, comfort? May we answer the call even if it kills us. Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines ever brighter into the perfect day. The more you walk with the Lord, the brighter the path gets, the further you can see down the lane. Darkness and confusion comes because we stray off the path, not him. David said it this way, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Isaiah 43 and 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. You've got to move on. I'm speaking to me. I'm speaking to you. God is speaking to me. God is speaking to you. He says it's time to move on. God is very proud of a lot of you because you have tried to fix the situations that you're going to have to move on from for years. You've invested a lot of time, effort, and money. You have been repaid evil for good. You can't fix it. They don't want it fixed. They just want your attention, your money, and demonically, they don't know it, but they want to be in agreement with you in disobedience so that their disobedience doesn't feel so awkward because they don't like you when you're walking in obedience to God and you're telling them no. Well, I don't like you. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I've got a project that I'm a part of. And it's been a project for many years. And it was one of those real leaps of faith. And I'm working with people that I don't really know very well. But I clearly heard from the Lord I want you to be a part of this. And so there had to be a crawl, walk, run. But it was difficult because what God was asking me to do, I had to overcome probably five or six past fear areas in my life that I was delivered from. Now, while this was going down, I didn't know that 
I was overcoming things I had been delivered from in regards to fear and doubt and unbelief. I didn't know it, but in hindsight now, and now that what he's asking me to do is coming into, uh, its own. I realize now I can look back over the last few years and he said, now I can take an inventory and say, see, three years ago when I started you on this path, you used to have this fear from that neighborhood that I pulled you out of to Lake Tahoe. You overcame this. I shared with you how I grew up. That comes with some baggage. So with all that, he said, see, I, I called you and he says, and if you wouldn't have moved on when I asked you to start participating in this, you wouldn't have had a testimony in this season, literally this week, I am looking back and as the Lord is bringing this into success and he's bringing it into victory, I'm looking back at my part in this. And I'm going, my gosh, if I wouldn't have stepped out and would have said, no, I'm not going to participate in this. I wouldn't have had the testimony that I have today at 63 saying, no, you really delivered me from this. You delivered me from this. You delivered me from this. You delivered me from this. And now that I'm standing here and I'm looking at the success of it and I'm watching doors open that no man could shut and, and no man could open. The reward is not that the doors are open and it's great that they're open and praise God. But what the real reward is, is me as a, as a spirit filled man of God, I can realize that the world tested those soft spots and God had delivered me. And it makes me want to worship him. And you could say, oh, so you could live victoriously on this life. And I'm not, that's not what this is about. What this is about is when I stand before him, I didn't want to bring any of that junk with me. When we rule and reign in the new Jerusalem, I don't want to be denied my job because I wouldn't move on from that junk. Just because it happened, he knew what happened. He knew when I was, when I was born, where I was born, who I was going to raise me and, and what neighborhood. He knew, and I can tell you now, all of that is now my strength. Not because I'm streetwise, but because I know that the blood of Jesus and the word of God can overcome the deepest terror of the soul if you'll let them, but you got to move on. If back over here, when this opportunity came, I would have said no, I would have missed out on all this. And, and I'll be honest with you, all this has been difficult. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what I'm talking about. 
if you're if you'll answer the call and you'll start doing what God has really called you to do, things will become new. But if you put a demand on your pain to be noticed and to be vindicated and you have to be right, then you've locked your sorrow in the vault of your heart and even the blood can't get there because the Lord will not violate our free will. That's why repentance lifestyle is so important. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. When you move on with your calling, things will start to work out for you. If they're not working out for you now, you need to stop and ask the Lord what I am doing that is causing me this problem. Is it just natural spiritual warfare resistance to something good? Or is it because my lack of integrity is not up to the level of the call that he's asking me to deal with? You have to take an appraisal. You have to say no man builds a house without counting the cost. No man goes to war without counting the cost. Exodus 14, 14 and 15. And this, this is the scripture. This whole message started with this scripture. The Lord gave me Exodus 14, 14 and 15. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord is calling us, and I'm speaking into this ministry and the partnerships and CLM partners. The Lord is calling us into radical, exponential growth. And it's going to disrupt marketplaces. And it will not be church as usual. It will be dominion as usual, which we were always called to do. Dominion should have always been church as usual. But just because they all drifted from it doesn't mean we have to stay with them. We're moving on. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Let the Lord fight this battle. Hold your peace. Don't try to explain to the resistance that's coming in your family and in your uh, friends. Don't try to explain it. Hold your peace. If your spouse is not on the same sheet of music with you, hold your peace. Don't try to preach him or her into it. When you start to do it and you are successful and the glory of God starts to fall on you and the God's favor, they will naturally want what you have once they see it's better. That's what happened to Christy and I when she got saved and three years later I got saved because I got a better wife. If her testimony wouldn't have been better, 
I wouldn't have been born again. Her testimony brought me to the Lord. If she would have preached to me and said, now sit down here and watch TBN, which I came in the house a couple of times, I couldn't relate to it. I was in the flesh. And it's hard when you're in the spirit and your spouse is in the flesh because you see everything so clearly in the spirit, but the one in the flesh doesn't see it. And the one in the spirit needs to be wiser and say, the only way for me to get that wall down is to fast and pray and be a testimony. Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? And and when I was reading this scripture, I thought, that's what I'm hearing pretty much across the board in the body of Christ. There is so much crying. We are in a major third day dominion takeover of the world, preparing all nations for the return of Messiah. And people are whining about all sorts of things that are going on as if God could shake the entire world's foundations, financial systems, cultures, countercultures, clashes. Everything is on the line from one world government to Satanists and occult structures, Luminati, constitutionalists, everything is in a battle over the United States of America, like playing a giant game of capture the flag. And you've got everything in the world from all occult structures of witchcraft and everything, all throwing everything they have at it. And the only way to battle it is to ignore it and do what God has called you to do and quit complaining about the storm that is resurrecting and realigning your life. Because if you come in agreement with it and and you magnify it, you're going to miss what God has called you. If you sit there and all you do is watch the news and all you do is you know what's going on, and, and I'll be honest with you, what they're really telling you is not what's really going on. It's what they're selling through their network. So to think you're getting fair and balanced and all this, I mean, that's naive. So there's a battle of all sides. There's like four different divisions all battling for Washington, D.C. And it's like, and who's going to capture the flag? But this isn't about the United States of America. This isn't about Washington, D.C. This is about the world financial systems that are they going to be able to be used by God for the last harvest of Israel and the nations of the earth? Or do they be held captive? That's what happened with this last election. If the Democrats would have won that last election, we would not be having this conversation today. This message would not be being preached. But the Lord is gracing us with time. And I'm not political. I'm spiritual. 
But I'm telling you that if you get caught up too much in the circumstances, you need to understand it's like we're on a plane and we're wanting to get to altitude right now. And we're at that place where we're probably at between 8,000 and 14,000 feet. And there's major thunderstorms that are shaking the earth. And and you have to trust that the pilot and the plane is going to make it through these turbulence. Now, nobody likes it and it doesn't feel good, but we're in the turbulent time. But there's no reason for you to be by Binding and loosing it because the turbulence are part of the spiritual atmosphere that is stirred up that's bringing us into the new day. So move on. You know, it's important for you to, you know, we fly a lot. And if you're on a plane and it's really bad and everyone around you starts to kind of get a little bit freaked out, you can feel it. And I'm a seasoned flyer. But when I see the stewardess sit down and they put that strap on and they're looking over at each other and they're flipping out, that starts to flip me out. And I've been doing this for years. Did the plane crash? No. What I'm telling you is, is it's the way that everybody corporately responds to the turbulence is how the journey is going to go. I've been on planes where we've had turbulence and it was so bad that people had heart attacks and they laid them out on the floor and the Lord had me get up and go and lay hands on them so they didn't die on the airplane. But I'll go up and lay hands on him. And the reason I do that is to get him to calm down because the reason the person is on the floor having an anxiety attack or a heart attack or whatever they're doing is because they chose to come in agreement with a false narrative. They agreed with the lie because the plane didn't crash. So the Lord says to the children of Israel, I'll fight for you. Hold your peace. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And that was the scripture the Lord gave me for tonight. And that's what the Lord told me personally. He says, you, the way he spoke it to me, he says, you need to go forward. And then he gave me the Hebrew word for forward, which is Kadima. You need to move forward. And I said, Lord, Is everything okay with me, with you? And this is what you need to ask yourself tonight. I've already done it. I said, Lord, is everything okay with me, with you to move forward? Because you can't move forward when you're not okay. Is there anything I need to repent of? Is there anything I've neglected? Is there anything I haven't accomplished, I haven't done, that you've asked me to do in this season? And that's when he took me over here and he said, look at the, look at the situations and the results that you have here. As the phone is ringing saying, this door's opened, this door's opened and this door's open. And then he said, you didn't realize that in obedience, it was better than sacrifice. And I realized he healed me from the things that would destroy me in this next season. So I said, I'm going forward. I'm not looking to the right or the left. For me personally, there are some things that won't go forward. 
that I'll have to leave behind. And there's other things I will take forward. And that's where you're at. But you cannot discern or judge what needs to be left behind until you know from the Lord. And you're going to know tonight, Lord, am I okay with you here and now? Is, is this helping anyone? You're looking for a spouse. You're single. Until you are right with the Lord, you will not see the right one. As long as you're in need, you will always be attracted to the wrong one. And the wrong one will always be attracted to you because those familiar spirits, that's how they work. Because an unconsecrated marriage, one wants to manipulate and control the other. So one that wants a manipulative relationship looks for one who has a weakness they can control. So if you're single, you need to focus on becoming whole so that the Lord can bring you somebody else whole and you become one and God controls you, not one or the other. First John five fourteen. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, your assignment tonight is to ask him, are you ready? And if he says no, like he did to me here a while back, then you need to ask him, well, what is it that I need to do to get ready? And he'll show you tonight. Because Rosh Hashanah is the, we're going to the, uh, to the base camp and it's just right around the corner. And the Lord is saying, come on, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. I'm going to ask Cassie if you would just come up on the keyboard and if you would please stand. Are you tracking with me tonight? The Lord wants to restore your health, your peace, your prosperity, and your purpose. Just for focus sake, I want everyone, if you would, just put your hands out in front of you and just make like a cup. You don't have to do it if you don't want to, but it's just a, it's a point of focus. And I want you just to ask the Lord is what I have in my hands. Is it enough? With what I'm carrying in my life, your hands, this is symbolic of what you have to offer. These are your, your assets in the spirit. Is it enough? Lord, am I ready to answer your call? He'll speak to you right now. Lord, what is it in my life that's lacking? What is it in my life that's causing the delay? What is it in my life that is in the way 
of you being the author and finisher of my faith. Now he's going to speak to you what that is right now. Right now he's going to speak it. It may be more than one thing. Okay, now I need you to look up here if you would, please. I need you to look at me. This is how you get free spiritually. The issue is in your hand. But that issue is connected to your heart. And it breaks your heart to cut the soul tie with that issue. But the scripture said, ask, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. If you want to be healed tonight, you just need to go forward. You need to come forward in the confidence that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. He's here tonight. He wants to heal you. He wants to separate that. You know, the best thing, even if this is a child or relationship, the only way you're going to bring salvation to that relationship is to let him, you obey, do what he's asked you to do. But you can't do it in the soul. You've got to do it in the spirit. Tonight's your night. You're moving on. The fact that you got out of your seat and you came down, you're moving on. You've already taken the first step. The scripture says, confess your faults one to another. Confess your faults that you might be forgiven. You just need to have a conversation with the Lord right now and say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me for whatever these issues are in your hands. And and you need to be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me because they have caused loss of time, revenue, and opportunity. And Lord, forgive me for wasting your time. You need to be honest here. There has people who have been hurt by your disobedience and my disobedience. See, most people think that an altar call is a place of apology. You're not apologizing to the Lord. This isn't an apology. This is repentance. Repentance is godly sorrow. Repentance isn't crying. Repentance is a heartfelt revelation, understanding that your choices in your mind and in your behavior have hurt the kingdom of God. It was not your intention, but you have to take ownership of it right now. Right now, you need to take ownership tonight. And you need to cut the soul tie with it. 
Quit trying to control everything. Quit trying to micromanage your own life. Can you do that right now? Right now, just talk to God. Just tell him this is what it is and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. You called me. You said if I came forward, this is the night to move forward. I got out of my seat. I came forward. If you're watching on the broadcast, you know, get out of your chair at your house. Get on the floor. Get on your knees. Get, get wherever it is. Just, just, just go ahead. That's good. Come on. Just join in because it's time to move forward. Now we're going to say this prayer corporately. Father God, tonight we ask in confidence for you to cut the soul tie in our hearts and minds to these people, places, and circumstances. That has controlled my uh, choices and has controlled my emotion. And Father, I have confidence that if I ask anything according to your will, that you hear me, and it is your will tonight. That I be free from these soul ties to these situations. And I ask you to heal my soul. That I forget not all of his benefits. Who heals me from all diseases. Thank you, Lord. Now I need you to look up here. You're free right now. You're free. You're free. Every situation, it's not your responsibility anymore. It's not going to stop you from the next step. No person, place, or demon can stop you from taking the next step. Only you. You're going forward. Say, I'm moving forward. So now you just need to raise your right hand. This is your covenant hand. Say, Father God, I pledge to you tonight. I will walk in obedience to the higher call of God in my life. And as I open this can of worms, you take care of all the worms. My job I pledge to you is to crawl, walk, run baby steps into obedience until I walk out and get victory over these weak areas in my soul that are common to every man, woman, and child on earth with the exception of Jesus. But Jesus understands. And I pledge tonight that Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. 
And I decree tonight in the courts of heaven, I will finish and I will finish well. And I receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I receive the anointing of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and favor for third day wealth transfer. Lord, you called me for this time. And I have been made perfect in you. And I don't argue with your call. You called me. And my job is to answer. And we corporately, as House of David and Kurt Landry Ministries, we say, yes, Lord, send me. Say, we seal it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let every man's name be brought low. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, be lifted up on high. Now I'm just going to release this prayer, Father. I release your angels now to mark each and every person here for safety and completion. Lord, they asked for it. Lord, I ask that you give it to them, all of those that are watching online on the broadcast. And Lord, I thank you that now you are going to shift as they move on. You are going to shift them into higher dimensions of revelation, higher dimensions of authority, deeper prayer lives, deeper love and time in the word of God. And Lord, I thank you that you are going to give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we thank you for it in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.